Hey, it's Matt and Jess with The Radical Road. Episode number one, it all begins today. Woohoo, it's finally here. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I couldn't wait to start episode one. Right? Yeah, it we feel- need to let everyone know who we are. It feels like it's been a minute since it became an idea and now we're here today. Right. The anticipation that has led up to episode one has been pretty awesome. Yeah. There's been a lot of good things happening, which we'll dive into later. But we feel like we should take some time, just kind of tell our stories a little bit about who we are briefly, not a deep dive because of course we're going to share a lot of our history and who we are in future podcasts, but we, at minimum, just want to give a high level look at our lives and who we are. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I'll kind of get going and I'll start this. You know, I would say to describe me, most people would describe me as a creative, very faith-filled. I have a very strong faith and relationship with Jesus. They would say I'm a futurist according to the strength finders anyway. And that's true. I always think 30 steps ahead. Um, I'm a natural born entrepreneur. I love being a mom to an only child. She's not a child anymore. She's an adult. She's 22 years old, beautiful girl. Um, And um, how else would people describe me? What would you say, Matt? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sexy. Why, thank you. Um, Okay. Organic. (laughs) Um, Very active and adventurous. Uh, I've always been an athlete, very adventurous soul. Um, My life, when I describe my life, it's a blessed mess, man. Like, that's everyone. Yeah, but it got messy at times, right? Like, just messy. Um, but, But messy in a good way because I think it develops you, it shapes you. You learn from the messiness and again, that's probably everyone. But so anyway, I just wanted to share, I was born in uh, Swisher, Iowa. So close to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Most people know that. Um, And had a really fun childhood, just running through the cornfields, playing in cricks. We could, you know, ride our bikes until, you know, six o'clock at night when it was dinner time freely. Um, just a really fun little town. And, um, so anyway, you know, my parents were super young when they had me and, um, you know, at the time they were just not, um, going to church, not really following a faith walk at that time. Um, but my grandparents were really faith filled. And so I would call them on Saturday nights and, they would come and pick me up on Sundays and I would go to church with them on Sundays. And it was more fun at that time when I was young to put on the pretty dress and twirl in the aisles of church or watch my grandma um, highlight her Bible, or I would draw on the pamphlets they hand out weekly. But, um, you know, my parents then divorced when I was nine years old from each other. And uh, there was three of us kids at that time. And we moved to um, Kansas, a small town in Kansas, Prairie Village, Kansas. And um, then uh, 
my parents got remarried then when I was 12 years old. And we moved to another small town in Kansas called Lewisburg, Kansas. Woohoo. I love Ke- I love Lewisburg. Um, <laughs> great cider. <laughs> I know. They have great apple cider and barbecue, man. Um, but we went to, my parents decided to really build a foundation um, in Jesus at that time. And we went to a little first assembly of God in the small town of Lewisburg. And it was just awesome. Just great memories. And, you know, I just really had a lot of stability at that point. Um, then when I hit my freshman year, my dad decided he was going to start a business, um, an excavating business. And we moved back to Iowa where family is. And I finished high school. I was a four sport athlete all through high school. Then I went on to, um, college and I ran division one track. I was a 400 sprinter and pole vaulter, um, and ended up injured and, went back to Cedar Rapids and went to um, smaller college there. And um, I had met um, a high school sweetheart my senior year, was dating him all through college. And I ended up pregnant out of wedlock with my blessing in disguise, beautiful 22-year-old daughter now. And, um, but we ended up getting married And I decided that um, through, you know, going to school for business and then management information systems and that the best career path for me that suited me best was, um, because I am a creative soul, was um, being a hairstylist. So I went to cosmetology school when she was five months old and best thing I could have done. It was a great career. I loved doing hair. I was in that industry for 20 years. Um, but during this whole time, um, I continued to, um, stay, stay really strong in my faith all through the years. God was my rock. He was my foundation. Um, I raised my daughter in the church and had faith and we served together. We served the community together. And my husband at the time was not equally yoked with me. He didn't have the same faith walk as I did. Um, and it made it really difficult. It was a real struggle. And it was just, a, you know, part of why our marriage was messy. But it ended up that we divorced when my daughter was 14. It was like one of those situations that was a real shock to everyone publicly, but um, they didn't know what happened in our four walls. And so, you know, during that time, um, there was a lot of uh, pain, anger, some situation that was going on with my daughter between my ex-husband and I. And it really was hurtful for me. It was a really bad time in my life, probably the worst time in my life. Um, not the fact that I chose to divorce him, but what was happening after that. And so I chose to, at that time, for the first time in my life, just really put God up on a shelf and say, God, you sit up here. I'm angry at you right now. I blamed him. And so I put him up on a shelf and I just lived for Jess selfishly. And what I didn't realize is that there's another spiritual realm out there and it's called Satan. It's evil. And he had his grips on me at that time. And man, I just, I just lived for Jess. I was making some poor, poor decisions Um, filling a void for the pain that I was going through emotionally Um, till I hit rock bottom. 
And God said to me, you cannot live in this life without me. You thought you could, but look what happens. I'm in control, not you. And so from that point on, I just really let God drive my car. And I sat in the back seat and just said, okay, God, you're the driver. You take me where I need to go. I'm going to surrender um, all areas of my life over to you, um, including relationships, dating, including money, including um, really anything you can think of, right? And so, and so I, um, and so like, I just start praying and said, okay, I'm not going to do this online dating. I'm not going to be set up anymore. God, I'm just going to do my thing. And when you're ready to bring um, the man that I'm supposed to be with to me, then I'll know. You're going to let me know because you know my desires and you know the other, the, the man's desires. And so you're going to put us together. And so did he tell you? So did he tell me? Yeah. Like who you're supposed to be with? No, he didn't tell me right away. I waited five months. (laughs) I had to wait. I had to wait patiently. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden that man showed up and I just knew, like, I just knew it was him. And God was like, he spoke to me and he said, that's him. And it was Matt. And yeah, that was you, Matt. That was me. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the difference was, is that God brought me a man that um, was on the same page with faith. Like he was a believer. I was a believer. And he, and Matt just, I don't know. He, yeah, he met every desire. He knew, it was like, he knew me right from the beginning. It was crazy. But, you know, I think it's been pretty awesome because now ever since meeting Matt, like we have just walked through life, um, just trusting and following and surrendering into, in, in God. And we've just been letting him drive the car and, um, it's been fun doing it now with my best friend. So why don't you tell your story? Yeah, my story. Um, so I, I grew up in Iowa also. I was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa raised in Cedar Rapids, Iowa for most of my childhood. And if I described it, it was pretty much normal, which what does normal mean? I I don't know. Like I had two parents, they had, they were great parents and, you know, they put a moral foundation in me and everything. And, you know, I lived up, I lived in a neighborhood where people left their doors open. You didn't have to worry about anything. And my, I figured out very early on, same thing. I was very athletic. I got involved in sports. Baseball was my thing. Um, But I played them all, pretty much played them all. And, you know, that was the, I don't know, I guess as a child, that was kind of my identity was in sports um, since I was very good at it. Well, you were a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Baseball <laughs> Hall of Famer at my high school. Woo, woo, woo. But yeah, and then the summer after middle school, right before high school started, we moved to South Florida. Um, my dad had a job opportunity. You know, it was adventurous. Let's go. Like, let's pick the family up and go to South Florida. And 
And, you know, same thing. I got heavily involved in baseball down there. I could pretty much play all year round. But I kind of started veering off the path, so to speak. Um, just kind of doing some wild and crazy stuff. And and uh, we ended up moving back to Iowa in the middle of my junior year. So I finished high school in Iowa. But it was kind of the same thing. Like it rolled over. Um, my identity wasn't really in much of anything I was trying to find something so I was still an athlete and everything but then I started hanging around people that were getting me in trouble and stuff but you know I just that's kind of where things begin for me in terms of like who's Matt I got to figure out who Matt is what do I want to be um so I, I spent a lot of time really searching and trying to find what I wanted to do with myself. And as a child growing up, you know, we'd go to church every once in a while. Um, that base wasn't there like you, where you had your grandparents taking you all the time and stuff. Mine was more when I'd spend the night at my grandparents' house, they'd take me. Or when I spent a night at a friend's house, we'd go to some church somewhere. I did not understand it at all. So that came for me much li later in life, 42 to be exact. I'm now 49, so not that long ago, really. But, you know, in my 20s, kind of the same story as yours. I met a woman. She got pregnant. We had our son. We got married. We had a daughter a couple years later. You know, on the surface, it seemed really good and, you know, just looking back on it and being perfectly honest, like my level of maturity wasn't there. And quite frankly, I was just trying to find, figure out who I was. So to start a family and everything, I, it like, I felt completely in over, over my head and that didn't mix well. So after seven years, I kind of just like, I don't want to do this. I, I walked away from it with a lot of, intention in my head and just uh you know thinking everything would be okay and it just kind of created messes and then I got remarried again and trying to fill a void and that was even a worse disaster so for me at 42 when I found Christ in my life it was more of a rock bottom just helplessness kind of thing where I'm just like what do I do I'm looking at my life going, what do I want my identity identity to be? What do I want my legacy to be? Um, like I started really putting serious thought into what my life was and just how I was living it. And I'm like, there's got to be something better. Like, I just feel like I'm drowning and making mistakes all over the place. So yeah, let's go. So it was like a very dramatic moment um, when I decided I'm going to live for Christ and live a different way. So why don't you share that in detail? I love this story. Yeah. I mean, I, because I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe didn't find um, Christ until later in life. Yeah. And I think your story is really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very dramatic. Um, and it's like I said, you know, I just, I just felt like there was a better way to live life and everything kind of came to steam in one night where, you know, 
I split up from my wife and like, I'm not going to dig into any details in that other than I was extremely hurt, like just hurt bad. Like I was just in pain from that. And it actually was about a year later, I was still dealing with all this pain and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe these feelings that I'm still having about all this. And so one night I went out with a friend and we kind of went bar hopping and, and just having a gay old time out there in the world. And, and, uh, we go back to his house and I go to bed and I wake up at like three 30 in the morning and I'm just like having a panic attack, basically like just complete meltdown. And I wanted answers. Like I wanted answers about why my marriage ended the way it did. And so I put clothes on and got in my car and decided I'm going to go get some answers at like 4.30 in the morning or whatever it was. So I drove over to my wife's house and knocked on the door and no one answered, which was probably a good thing, I guess. But I pulled out of the driveway, started up the road and she called me and she made this comment about, a friend being there, which at the time I kind of knew what that meant. And so I'm like, just ignore me. I'm just having a bad night. And I hung up the phone and I had like a 45 minute drive home and completely just beside myself. Like, what am I doing? Like, where do I go from here? Like my life doesn't make sense. Like it was total meltdown. You probably shouldn't even have been on the road. <laughs> probably shouldn't even have been on the road. Um, but I got home and it was like, I remember it very distinctly. I get home and I go through the garage door and I go through the kitchen, the living room and start heading upstairs. And, and I just like collapsed on the floor basically. And that was the, the first time in my life where I'm like, all right, if there's a God, I'm just going to start praying and we're going to see what happens. Kind of one of those things. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe this or what's going to happen, but like, what do I have to lose at this point? <laughs> so I literally just fell forward, collapsed on my knees and I was like gripping my whole body, like just intently, intensely. And I just said, God, if you exist, like, I need help. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Like, I don't want to be alone, but I, maybe I should be alone. Like, I, my life is just a hot mess. Where do I go from here? And he answered me. He answered me and it was, I don't, I've tried to explain this to people. I'm like sit, sitting on the floor and I'm like, it would be like a cloud coming up and just basically hugging you. It was like this soft pressure on my body and it like kind of like startled me almost. And I was like, what's going on? Like, and I just heard God speak to me and he's like, you're going to get up. You're going to go to the gym, which I, at the time I thought was really weird. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on here? Is this me? Like, I'm not sure. And then he basically told me, cause at the time I was living in Southern Missouri, I'm going to open a door for you to move to Iowa and you need to go through it. And so. Because your kids were still in Iowa. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And so I got up and I went to the gym, which now it makes perfect sense because when you exercise, you get endorphins. And so I'm like, oh, I feel a lot better. Like, um, <laughs> this is so good. But yeah, and then in, the, in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going a different direction. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't really understand what's what I'm doing. I don't have anybody to mentor or teach me anything, but I'm going to find somebody and... Um, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to radically change my life. And you had some new hitch in your giddy up. <laughs> had a little hitch in my giddy up. So yeah, like a few months later is when I met you. <laughs> that door got opened. Um, and, and you know, it's cool because God, you know, uh, more recently has explained to Matt and I just through prayers that I introduced you to because you know, Jess, you needed to find your light again and Matt needed his light. So now you both are lights that shine for me and you're more powerful together. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. So anyway, going back six months later, the door got open. I was able to transfer my job. I ended up in Iowa. We started this new relationship and, uh, and we went full steam ahead. And, you know, as we got a couple years into it, we got married. We've now been married for how long? <laughs> four years. <laughs> four years? Four years. Holy cow. So four years. And then, you know, shortly after we got married. Going on 40. Yeah. Shortly after <laughs> we got married, we felt like we were being called to Utah. Yes. Which, uh, you know, in the midst of it all, you know, we've had all this history in our personal lives and we get married in our heads. We thought we just want a fresh start. Like we want to start our marriage yeah. away from some of the drama that we've had in our life and all these things. So just the distractions. Um, right? Yeah. Little did we realize the changes we would go through in Utah um, the people we would meet and the things that would happen to us there. But I mean, do you remember though, like shortly after we moved to Utah, you know, we went for a hike and we were just like, wow, like it just feels so right that God has brought us here. Yeah. And we didn't even know why, like we just knew that we were led there and we went in obedience yeah. and it just felt good to be there in obedience. And yeah. we had no clue why or what was going to take place in Utah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was new and it was fresh and it was inspiring and like, it was really fun. Um, but an extremely different culture in, right. in Utah versus in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. But when we got a year and a half into it, there did become a point where we're sitting there going, why are we here? Mm -hmm. God, why did you bring us here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were doing a lot of great things. We had a lot of great adventures. We got involved in a church and we're doing some great things. Um, we were young adult leaders. We served within the church. Yeah. You ushered. I was a service director. Yeah. But uh, in the midst of all of that, all these great things that were happening, we didn't feel like our purpose was being revealed. We were trying to understand that. Yeah. I remember about a year and a half in, we were having conversations around this. Like, why, like, why are we here? <laughs> I'm not real sure. Yeah. And, you know, Given a little more time, like a lot of those answers got revealed. Well, and you know, for me, 
you know, specifically God also said, and you're not going to do hair anymore. I'm actually going to put you into real estate. And so I thought, okay, so I'm a social person. You know, obviously I'm good at, I was good at sales, um, doing hair. And so I'm like, I can see this. Okay. Okay, God. But then once I got into it and I had ended up with an amazing broker, um, I had sealed like three deals, big deals, um, with him right away. And, but I just didn't love it. And I'm like, what am I doing in real estate? So this was happening at the same time. Like, why would you lead us to Utah, God? And then now I don't even like this career. I wasn't networked in Utah and that made it more difficult. Um, it would take me much longer to really build something there. Um, and we couldn't do that. And so, um, you know, that was the question too. And I would get down on my knees and I would just cry out to God, like, show me God, like, show me what you want for my career here in Utah. I mean, I was used to for 20 years being really good at, you know, being a hairstylist and owning a salon and spa and known for that. And then I get to Utah and I'm like, okay, what am I doing? And so then, you know, so then cleaner G was born. Yes. Because Um, he revealed to us that through another story of just going back to Iowa, um, just for a visit with family, he showed me and revealed to me, like, this is what I want you to do. And he said, and the reason why I put you in real estate first is because now you have the contacts. Now you have the network. So we started a cleaning company that specifically um, found a niche in post-construction cleaning. So we did um, residential and commercial new construction cleaning. And because there was so much growth and building going on um, in Utah, that's why he he put me in real estate to see that, to experience the city, to to get to know the city and the areas, and to meet the right people. Um, and so my broker actually ended up giving us our first contract. Well, he connected us with yeah, the person. Yeah, connected us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we fired up the LLC and. Literally three days later, we had a contract for a condo project and man, we took off fast. You look back on it, it's kind of amazing story because it went out fast, just work right away and it just built from there. But it shows you like for a minute, like you're like, uh, do I continue trusting in you driving this car, God? I mean, I've been letting you guide me to this point and I'm like, my flesh wanted to intervene so badly because I did not like real estate. And so, you know, but in prayer, God's like, no, just trust me, just be patient. And then he leads us to the next business, right? Yeah. Yeah, So at the time I had transferred to my job, you know, looking back at my career history, pretty much everything I've been in is transportation to one degree or another. Um, I started at the very bottom fueling and washing trucks as a part-time job when I was going to college. And then, you know, that kind of progressed over the years where I was doing things in maintenance and leasing and all these other things. And I actually took up driving, what has it been, eight years ago, almost nine years ago. And just kind of as a way to reset, um, because I just, I needed to just clear my mind and do something different. 
and that's what I came up with. And it was just, I don't know, like it was, I just kind of fell into it, but you know, it got us to Utah. I was able to transfer. So then I was doing a driving job while we were there, while we were getting this business going. And at some point we felt like it was time for me to step into it. And, you know, I, there, I looked at it logically and it didn't seem like the schedule was right. It didn't seem like the bank account was right. And, but God said, no, it's time. So I jumped, <laughs> which actually should be a tithing message because, <laughs> yeah. because I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. And this looks really ugly on paper. Like it did really did not seem to make sense, but that gap in wages got closed really fast. Right. It's the difference between that prosperity mindset versus a poverty mindset. Like people in the world are like, you're nuts for doing this. Yeah. But then when you just stand firm in faith and trust in God that he's got you. Yeah. It was pretty cool to see it. Yeah. Cause instantly the schedule filled up Uh and we were getting like crazy jobs, big homes, big lavish homes, um, all kinds of things. More contracts. All kinds of cool things were happening. And of course that was a product of hard work also because you spent a lot of time pounding the pavement doing sales and things. And so like everything just kind of converged all at once and it was just perfect. But, um, yeah, so we built this business and, you know, on a personal note, you know, our growth spiritually happened in Utah, like at a radical breakneck speed. Um, and that was, you know, that was a product of putting ourselves around the right people and put us putting ourselves in the right church setting. Awaken Church, Salt Lake City. Woohoo! Boom. <laughs> You yeah, know, if you're ever there, you have to visit or Awaken, San Diego. Or San Diego. They have no. awakened churches as well. That's where it started. But Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Leanne. Just, man. Yeah. Talk about amazing, powerful people. And just what they're doing in Salt Lake is just it's crazy. Um, just the growth in people and breakthrough and just the amount of growth they're getting because they're just touching so many lives. And so, you know, we just, we stepped up there. Like we leveled up big time so much and, and, uh, we served in a lot of areas. And I think, you know, I mean, it's proven fact, the more that you serve God, you know, that actually is what, um, grows you spiritually. Um, it feeds it feeds the fruit, right? Like when you serve, it feeds the spiritual fruit. Mm -hmm. And so, and it it feeds and it gives you giftings. Um, Like in first Corinthians 12 talks about giftings. Yep. So, I I mean, we'll dive into all this stuff pretty, pretty deep later, I'm sure at some point, but yeah, we just, you know, we put ourselves in an atmosphere where we had all this growth and for whatever reason, which we're about to find out is well, God, God wanted us to create the radical road and he put us on this journey and we're stepping into it full faith. And, and I think there's a lot of people that maybe don't understand what we're doing or why we're doing it. Um, and I think that's something that over time it's going to get revealed, right? Like our heart is, you know, our heart is, Ministry. Our heart is the lost and the broken. Um, the people that, you know, never have known faith or 
um, never have been introduced to it or maybe they have and they've swayed away and, you know, it's just like their lives are taking a dive for the worst, right? We just really have a heart for people. We love people in general, but we really want to, um, I think God called us on this journey because I th- Matt and I, I think Matt, you would agree with this, but I think we're really good at knowing how to really bring faith into every aspect of our life um, without looking like freaks, right? Like that's what the world would say. Like Bible beaters, freaks, whatever. (laughs) Well, I think to a certain degree, some people are going to still think we're freaks, but. That's okay. And I'm a little goofy, but. I like to be a little crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's important to know that you can't live on both sides of the fence. Like you can't live in Jesus's green pastures. And then on the other side of the fence, you're living in the devil's quicksand. Yeah. You have to be on one side or the other. You can't be on both. And that's what we feel like we're on the green pasture. But. And we live biblically, we live by the word, but we're not perfect. And a lot of people decide, well, I'm not perfect. And they give up. Well, that's not the way God sees it. He loves us in our mess. And um, so anyway, we just really want to just share how to do that and share the radical stories, um, the cool people with really radical stories, the raw, the real, the funny along this um, journey um, of us being an 18 wheeler across the country. We just really want to share everything that's going on and we want to document it and share it with you. We want you to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very unique situation. I think, I think when you look at it, as I've dug into like what's happening in our lives, I think it's a matter of God's just really embracing our adventurous side how because we love to travel we love to be mobile we love to just get out and see things and do things um i feel like that's being embraced and then we're getting used through that adventurous side of us in a way that we can also you know make a living and stuff so um it on the outside it seems kind of out of left field and it kind of seems maybe a little crazy and maybe we're freaks or whatever, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, as the person that's living it, it seems like it's right up our alley and it makes total sense and what we should be doing. And, Mm -hmm. and, and the, and the stuff, the radical things are already starting. Like they are, we're already already getting divine appointments. Um, before we've even hit the road, God's already lined up radical divine appointments with, with, um, just random people. Yeah. So we've been able to touch people's lives already since we've been here in Iowa waiting to leave. Um, And one of the radical stories is about how we found the company. Well, we didn't find the company. God found it for us, but how it came up, came along the company that um, we're working for. Right. And, you know, I feel like some of these things we're going to dive into in future podcasts. So stand by for that stuff. Check out the website. Um, and Instagram and Facebook at the Radical Road. Um, We've already been posting some of these things and we'll dive into more of that as as it goes along because we've got some people that we want to bring on, discuss some of this stuff and just kind of show people what God is doing with us because it's already happening. Um, I started my job this week, last week. A truck's getting built 
for us right now that should be coming in any day um, that the owner of King Brothers, Nate King, said, I want to give this to you. I support what you do. So not li- not uh, literally give the truck to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Let us allow us to drive yeah. a new truck that he owns, and, and you know that doesn't happen very often. That new drivers um, that work for companies get the new truck that comes in. But you know, uh, Nate and Janine's hearts are just for Christ, and they even did. Uh, they started a church plant in Riverside, Iowa. Um, a church called River City Church is non-denominational and it's three years old, uh, 150 members, but they really have a heart after Christ. And when they heard our story, um, they are like, we want to be a part of this. We want to support you guys. Um, God is going to be doing awesome things through you guys and you're going to be touching lives and we want to be a part of that. So, and you know, the reason I brought it up is like, we just feel totally blessed that, you know, these people support what we're doing and they're like, Hey, we want to put you in new equipment. We want you to have the attention that this deserves. Um, because this thing's going to be like almost like a show truck. Like this thing is super so truck. I'm going to be the super trucker rolling down the road. <laughs> I and, love it. Um, I didn't so, even know what super truckers were until like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know. It's just cool. Um, and we just feel completely blessed to be able to, really have a partnership with these people. Um, yeah. I mean, they want to sponsor us. Um, they want to put, allow us to put the radical road, uh, logo and website on the truck yeah, yeah. And, do, just, and do some different things with, uh, advertising and doing some things on social media. So that'll, that'll be exciting. And that'll be something everyone can tune into here in the near future. Yeah. But, and part of what we want to do too, is we want to, um, create some resources too along the way. Um, we'll meet people that, you know, maybe we'll find Jesus for the first time. They'll find faith. Um, so on our website, we're going to have a resource page that will have a map that will have pinpointed churches all over the country that if you're in the area, um, and you want to try a new church while you're there, you can go to church. Um, there will also be um, a list of music that you can listen to while you're driving, uh, Christian worship, um, contemporary. Um, and then also there will be a resource page for some different audiobooks, some different links that are just resources to you so that you don't feel like you're just kind of left at the side. Yeah. Um, since we are also remote and traveling too. We really want to um, pray for people and disciple people along the way. Yeah. And we also want to highlight the trucking industry, yes. show, the, show the people that are on the road, kind of what that experience is all about. And I'm surprised how interested people are in this. Like they don't understand what it's all about. Like, Well, it's the American lifeline, man. It's like the, the right. veins of America. Right. Like we don't have anything if we didn't have truckers like yeah. transporting it. Yeah. And I actually drove over the road before. So I kind of have some experience in this realm and what it's all about and everything. Um, so, you know, we're going to show truckers, but there's travelers out there everywhere that you come across and, <clears throat> you know, we're going to go into small town of America wherever we're parked for nights and, and we're going to meet, a very dynamic group of people 
And we're going to interview people. We're going to interview people. It might be you. <clears throat> it might be you. <laughs> Look for us. <laughs> yeah, watch for um, us. But that's, you know, that's the big piece of it is like, we just really want to show America what it is. And we want to show how we bring our faith into the middle of that. Um, so there'll be all kinds of things happening with the show from day to day. Who knows what you're going to get? So I'm excited. Are you excited? I am stoked. I'm ready to get on the road together. Me this, too. This last week being away from <laughs> you. Ooh, it's weird. We don't like being apart. Yeah. <laughs> we thoroughly enjoy our time together. Yeah. <laughs> And we've pretty much been together all the time since, you know, since we've got together. Yeah. We really haven't been apart um, to the point where we were working together every single minute of every single day. Yeah. And now we're sold that business and we're going to pretty much do the same thing. But man, last week, it was fun and everything, exciting to get started and it, like, I can see how close we are to getting this thing going on the road, but it was, it was good to come home last yeah. night, but. Yeah. And my parents are amazing and they're letting us stay in their home, um, until we get rocking and rolling. So, yeah. Well, is there anything else we need to discuss? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, we have many more podcasts ahead, yeah. so we can share all kinds of details in the future podcasts along with some topics. Yeah. So stay tuned for all the radical things that are about to happen. We're just getting warmed up here. And please share, like share with your friends, share with your family. Um, we have a link tree with um, all of our links on our Instagram. So um, at the Radical Road and just share with everyone, you know, we really want to get um, a following and want you to be a part of this journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stay tuned because we're going to dig into some tough subjects. We're going to, sh you know, highlight people. Um, we're going to do a lot of different things and, and, you know, you won't always agree with us and that's okay. Yeah. You know, offense is a choice. And so just remember that with anything, um, that you, um, listen to or any conversations you have offense is a choice and, it's okay sometimes because um, then we can really value each other in different places and where we're at in life. Right. So. But we called this the radical road for a reason. We want to bring radical stories and we want to show radical things. And yes. We, and we want to dive into things that people aren't comfortable with. So So join us, Rad Roadies. Yeah, let's go. Let's All get right. it. Let's get going.